Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, this is EJ on with the Wolverine.com, and we're back with another episode of the Wolverine Live Recruiting Chat. Uh, as always, subscribe to the Wolverine.com, where you can get insider recruiting information. Actually, just posted a story on um 2025 linebacker christian pierce and he got an offer exactly one minute ago see that's why you can subscribe to the wolverine so you can get a heads up on things um like i said 10 bucks at the wolverine.com until next football season that's ten dollars for all your latest recruiting information team information basketball basketball recruiting and you get to be part of a great message board community over at the fort right now for just ten dollars until next football season so that gets you through 2023 tonight i am here to answer any recruiting questions that you have yesterday we premiered our tuesday recruiting podcast which is going to be a regular occurrence every tuesday zach libby and i will have a more structured show jesus hopefully you guys can't hear the uh, helicopters in the background i don't know who they're searching for hopefully it's not me but um every tuesday we'll have that podcast show it'll be structured it'll be super chats only on this show i want you guys to interact with me want to answer any questions that you have if you still want to leave a super chat and you missed last uh yesterday's show you can click the donate button that uh money goes directly into our travel budget, which allows us to see recruits across the country. So definitely hop in, get your questions in, and we'll go ahead and start. They will be answered in the order that they come in, and I'll hang out for about 30 to 45 minutes, depending on how many questions you guys have tonight. But appreciate everybody that joined yesterday. Hopefully uh, you guys are liking what our new recruiting reporter, Zach Libby, is putting out as well. But today it's just solo dolo. Let's go ahead and start off with the first question, which comes from Brian Cartwright. Is Eno Etta still on board? Snow Etta. <laughs> um, yeah, Eno Etta, um, obviously Michigan's top rated commit 
in the 2023 recruiting class on 300 prospect has been a really vocal leader for the class since he gave the Wolverines a verbal pledge in the summer. But I do think that there is some reason to at least monitor his situation. You've had Miami come in uh, and really recruit him hard. In fact, Eno told me that Miami is hitting him up every day. And that's no surprise, especially considering that Miami is all aboard the NIL train, but also Miami flipped his good friend Collins Anchiapong from Michigan um, not too long ago. So Collins has been very active in recruiting Eno to Michigan as well. Uh, I think he, I'm not exactly sure what his exact quote was, but Collins spoke to our on three Miami site and he gave a quote along the lines of, I don't want my brother going to Michigan. So we'll see how that pans out. But Jim Harbaugh did make an official, I'm sorry, an official visit, an in-home visit last night. So Harbaugh was there. Elston, uh, Jesse Mincher were all in home with Enoetta yesterday. I think that in home went really well. I'm actually uh, going to hit up Eno about it uh, after we get off this uh, Q&A and see if I can get an interview for the Wolverine. But from everything I've been able to gather, things went well. I would say that right now the feeling around Michigan is that he will stay in the class. Uh, but again, it's a situation worth monitoring, especially with two weeks to go before the early signing period with Miami doing what they're doing with NIL. And I think Eno's situation is a little uh, different than than Collins, uh, but still you can never dismiss that. But also Oklahoma and TCU remain factors as well. Remember, Eno made visits to both schools in the fall. They're closer to his family. I, I've heard Oklahoma is really, really turning up the heat here. Uh, they're especially working on his parents. So that's something to watch as well. But I thought it was good for Jim Harbaugh and Jesse Minter to get the in-home done immediately to negate some of the Miami stuff um, and some of the Collins sit things going on with his situation. Obviously, Etta and, and Anchipong are very close. Um, and Anchipong hasn't had kind words for Michigan since decommitting. So I thought it was good for Harbaugh to get in there right away kind of put some of that stuff to rest and uh, and make sure that Eno stays in the class. He's extremely important to keep on board. Like I said, the highest rated commit in the class. You can see his rankings here. He's a top 120 prospect on On3 and ESPN, a top 100 prospect on 24-7. Rivals being a bit of an outlier, but still a top 250 prospect there. So uh, again, really, really important. He can be that next Mike Morris type for the Wolverines, the sky's the limit. So uh, yeah, as of right now, Enoetta is still on board. My concern level is probably a four out of 10 at this point, but uh, still something worth monitoring as we head towards signing day. Let's go ahead and go to our next question. It comes from Tyler Hathaway, uh, parentheses student. So shout out Tyler, if you are a student at the University of Michigan, we need to get some younger people over at the Wolverine, no offense to the uh, to the older people, but try to get the the board younger as well. So uh, Tyler, if you want to recommend uh, us over to some students, that would be great. Uh, I've been trying to get the uh, the students a discount, so hopefully that'll come into a fruition soon. Uh, but Jaden Davis, yep, been a big topic of conversation today over on our great message board community. The Fort at the Wolverine. Just a reminder for those of you that jumped in late, you can subscribe to the Wolverine right now for just $10 until next football season. But Davis, a hot topic of conversation in large part because of the decision of fellow elite quarterback DJ Lagway, who committed to Florida today. Lagway was a top target for Clemson at the quarterback position. And uh, as you see, we have more questions, related questions on Jaden Davis. Noah Helderman says still confident with Jaden Davis after Clemson missed out on DJ Lagway. So yeah, Lagway was the top guy for Clemson, but they uh, recruited Davis hard throughout the fall and um, had him on campus multiple times. Um, so I do think that Clemson is a factor and definitely a school to watch. I fully believe they are going to turn up the heat on Jaden Davis. Now, 
I'm still very optimistic about where Michigan stands, but the longer this goes, the more I'd be concerned. And we talked about it on yesterday's podcast uh, with my great co-pilot, Zach Libby, who said he would be less concerned. Even if Jaden Davis takes his recruitment into 2023, I would be more concerned because Davis set that timeline in my opinion, with the intentions of siding with Michigan. I mean, Michigan has been the heavy favorite for several months. They've hosted him for multiple visits. So if he balks at his own timeline, which has been the before the end of the calendar year and does take his recruitment into 2023, at that point, I will start to worry a little bit and uh, worry more as time passes. But if Jaden comes out and sets a decision date before Christmas or I guess before New Year's Eve, then I think things are still going to go in Michigan's favor. But Clemson is a, a competitor to watch. You look at the other schools that were competitors, LSU, Alabama, all found their quarterbacks. I don't t- think he's getting a big move here. Uh, Penn State and North Carolina, I mean, not really uh, concerned there. So it's, it's Clemson. Uh, versus Michigan right now. I don't I don't really see any other school jumping in uh, unless you have like a Miami or a Texas A&M situation that decides to go all in on the NIL train. But as it stands right now, Clemson is the biggest threat and missing out on Lagway does give me a little bit of concern. Uh, but as of right now, I still think Michigan has the lead. And uh, I don't I, I, I would give this advice. And I said this on the message board as well. Just stay patient, you know, the next few weeks. I know that's hard. I know everybody wants Davis to set a commitment date and get it out of the way and get him on board and have him lead the 24 class. It's super ideal. I get it. Uh, But he did say before the end of the calendar year, and it is December 7th. So he still has some time. Um, We'll see if he does set that date. I really, really wouldn't get concerned until we get past New Year's Eve. I do think. You know, just side note here, I don't love Michigan's approach. It's not like I'm in agreement with it. I hate the all your eggs in one basket. Honestly, if I were Michigan, I would have taken Brady Drogosh this cycle, especially looking at 2022. You had a pair of project quarterbacks. I mean, I think you should take a quarterback every class. Um, And this cycle, the only quarterback somewhat quarterback on board is Kendrick Bell, who was an athlete take that will have an opportunity to play quarterback. But going back to back cycles and then going back to back cycles with projects and then putting all your eggs in the Jaden Davis basket um, is pretty scary. So I don't know. We'll see how it works out. But like I said, I'm not not overly concerned until we get into 2023. Um, let's go ahead and go to Jim Schreiber. And he says, where's the top four and five star recruits? So as things stand right now, heading into early signing day, that's uh, actually a good question to ask in terms of who are those guys that are left out there that are five star level, four star level guys going into the um, early signing period because we, we still have the late period as well. But going into the early signing period, I think the four-star level guys to watch are Jair Hill, who is the uh, thumbnail on the video. Uh, Carmelo English are guys that you could consider blue-chip blue level recruits. Jair Hill being the number 112 overall prospect in the country. Carmelo English being a consensus four-star. So with Jair... Um, Steve Klingscale made an in-home visit yesterday. This remains a Michigan-Illinois recruiting battle. And I do think that right now Michigan has momentum. I like that Jim Harbaugh will have the final say. Brett Bielema is in-home with Jair Hill tonight. Jim Harbaugh will be in-home on Monday. So that in-home is going to tell us a lot about this recruitment. It will be up to Harbaugh to completely close it out with Hill, win over his mom, and answer any remaining questions he has. Actually had a good interview with Jair, who doesn't talk a whole lot, over at the Wolverine. And you can read that right now if you subscribe. $10 until next football season. Um, But yeah, I think Jair is... 
the guy they can land in the early period that's the highest rank. Like I said, the number 112 overall prospect in the country. He's an explosive athlete. Uh, our producer pulled up his film here. On top of being top-level cornerback, he also proved to be arguably the most um, electric offensive player in the state of Illinois over the last two years. Uh, but Michigan really making him that top priority as a corner. And I think Jair would have a chance to play a lot as a true freshman. And that's something that's really been resonating with him as of late. Um, I think he'd be a perfect guy to pair with Will Johnson, who has been sensational the last couple of weeks, including in the Big Ten title game, coming away with a pair of interceptions. Will is that big, imposing, technically sound corner that just makes plays. Jair is more of a raw athlete, will need some teaching from a technique standpoint, but his ball skills are incredible. He runs a 10, 7, 8, 100 meter. He has the height and length, six foot two and a half, uh, 175 pounds. Uh, so that speed, that height, uh, there's a lot to like about Jair Hill as a pure athlete. Um, but I also mentioned Carmelo English. He's at the top of the wide receiver board, four-star prospect. Um, English is a compact build type guy, can play uh, on the inside as a slot, on the outside. Right now, Michigan uh, battling Kentucky and Auburn. The Wolverines looking to get him back on campus either this weekend or next weekend. And as far as, uh, you know, other guys going into the late period. Obviously, you have Nicholas Harbor, who is still out there. Um, he's going to take it all the way into February. I think we'll know a lot more with Nick once he makes his officials, and we'll see if Michigan gets him back for an unofficial. Another top 100 recruit going into the late period to know is Malachi Coleman, former Nebraska commit, looking to make a visit to Michigan uh, in the next couple of weeks, probably that last weekend before the uh, early signing period. So Coleman would be another blue chip level prospect to watch, but yeah, I get it guys. It's a, it's a disappointing uh, cycle, but I think 2024 has an opportunity to be much better. And that segues us perfectly into our next question, which comes from funky bunch three. What's your way too early guess on where we finish in 2024 recruiting. So if everything goes perfectly then i think michigan has a chance to have a top five recruiting class everything is in place for michigan to do that they prove they're not a flash in the pan they're coming off back-to-back -back big 10 titles college football playoff appearances they have a staff full of mostly uh younger hungry aggressive prospect uh coaching assistants that are looking to land elite level prospects. Michigan's off to a start Two on 300 prospects already committed with Mason Curtis and Luke Hamilton. Uh, they also have Manuel Beagle, who's a, uh, an upside international kid, but with Michigan's success on the field with the staff that they have with Jim Harbaugh, still being Jim Harbaugh, there's no reason Michigan shouldn't, uh, land a top five class. What they need to do is avoid off-season drama. You're already seeing little rumors here and there uh, with Harbaugh in the NFL. Harbaugh needs to completely shut that down, not have recruits or families worry about that. If you remember last cycle, Michigan went off a of college football playoff appearance. Seeing recruits and all anybody wanted to talk about was whether he was going to the NFL. That cannot happen for a second straight season. Second thing is you have to keep the staff intact. And look, there's always going to be offseason movement. You're not going to be able to keep all your assistants, but keeping mostly everybody in line would be something that would be different from last cycle. You had guys not only coming in like Mike Elston, who is new, you had guys switching positions. You had Jay Harbaugh moving to safeties. You had Ron Bellamy moving to wide receivers. You had Grant Newsom getting promoted from within to full-time coach. You had so much movement. You had a recruiting department that was completely obliterated. You had Courtney Morgan go off to Washington. So keeping the staff intact, improving the recruiting department, adding more people there. And last thing, uh, everybody's favorite target, topic getting nil in order now there's supposed to be some important meetings taking place soon it's always soon 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 
enough with Sue and Michigan needs to get it done now heading into the 2024 recruiting class. If they can have an actual NIL plan in place where they can sell to recruits, that is also going to give them a boost. So a lot of ifs, it's all realistic. If every if everything goes according to plan, then Michigan should finish with the top five class. I mean, it's Michigan. It's a blue blood. It's college football playoff team. Jim Harbaugh, the culture, like everything's there for Michigan to land top five. Anything outside of the top five next cycle, in my opinion, is a disappointment. I'll give them a pass this cycle, considering all the staff movement, considering the Harbaugh NFL flirtation, and considering the lack of preparation for NIL. There's no pass next cycle if they have a similar finish to what it looks like they're going to have this cycle then that's a failure i mean straight up um let's go ahead and go down to courtney harbor harper i'm sorry any running back targets um status of hall wide receiver targets and don't get davis who's a possibility so a lot of questions here we'll go boom 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 any running back targets um I'm interested to see how running back plays out. Obviously, you have Cole Cabana committed, and that's awesome. Cabana, I think he's a guy that you'll get 10 carries and then use him as a slot receiver, outside receiver, get him on some jet sweeps, let him run some routes, use him as a kick returner, punt returner. He's a really valuable weapon, 10-5-5, 100-meter speed. There's a lot of uh, possibilities for Cabana. Benjamin Hall concerns me. Uh, he was third in the pecking order at the high school level. Now the two guys that were in front of him were D one level guys, but uh, I don't think you should be a running back committed to Michigan and be third on your high school team. So I'm interested to see if he sticks in the class. Um, I, I kind of mentioned or aligned his situation to a similar type of player, uh, from a couple of years ago, maybe you guys will remember, and I'm actually surprised he ended up at a P5 school, but Quinn Somerville was a kid that was ranked super, super high and then just never grew and never really progressed. And Michigan kind of parted ways with him like the eve of signing day, and he ended up signing with UCLA. I wouldn't be shocked if Benjamin Hall signs elsewhere on signing day, but I will say that Mike Hart took him early. He fits what Mike Hart looks for in a running back, which is that stocky five, nine and a half, 227 pound bill uh, build, which is exactly what Benjamin Hall is. He tries to run too hard, like a small guy instead of like a power back, but that's something that Hart can fix. If anybody can maximize Benjamin's Hall, Benjamin Hall's build and, potential it is Mike Hart he's one of the I I've been very critical of Mike Hart as a recruiter but as an on the field coach he is one of the best running back coaches in the country so if you can get something out of Benjamin Hall it is definitely Mike Hart there are or there is one other running back target out there that we know of right now and that is Darius Taylor who's committed to Minnesota but there hasn't been too much movement with him lately so really interested to see if Hall remains a take or if it's one of those Quentin Somerville type situations where he just signs elsewhere on signing day and we all just kind of forget about it. Um, Darius Taylor, I'm interested to see if there's any movement in the next couple of weeks. He's been pretty locked in with Minnesota, though, and hasn't given any indication that Michigan's a true player. But he did visit for the game against Michigan State, so I wouldn't completely uh, rule him out. Um, and that was kind of your next question, the status of Benjamin Hall. And then as far as wide receiver targets, there's two primary targets right now. I just mentioned Carmelo English, uh, Michigan looking to get him back in for another visit, uh, battling Kentucky right now. Auburn uh, could become more of a player depending on how hard new head coach Hugh Freeze pushes. Remember, he was an Auburn commit and the other being Chance Fitzgerald, a late riser out of the state of Tennessee. Ron Bellamy is on the recruiting trail, seeing both this week. And if Michigan doesn't get Jaden Davis, who's a possibility. Um, I think right now Michigan's all in on Jaden Davis, but some quarterbacks they've uh, recruited in the past are Isaac. Will he was in for a visit in the 
He's an on 300 quarterback out of Utah, the younger brother of NFL quarterback Zach Wilson. And then my personal favorite, Michael Van Buren, 100 signal caller out of National Powerhouse, Baltimore, St. Francis, which has been very kind to Michigan, having produced Derek Moore, Nakai Hill Green, Blake Corum, and Yabi Oki. So uh, I, I love Van Buren, true dual threat quarterback, a tremendous leader for one of the best uh, high school football teams in the country. And uh, just a lot to like about Van Buren, man. Love his swagger. Love the way he plays. Love the way he commands the offense. Love his intelligence. And Jesus, look at those rankings. <laughs> um, so 24-7 has him as a three-star. I don't like that. Uh, Rivals has him as a top 100 prospect. ESPN has him as a five-star number 10 overall. And on three has him as the number 202 overall prospect nationally. That is... Uh, quite the rankings disparity. Um, I like Van Buren as a fringe top 100 guy. Um, his height does concern me, which is really the only true concern. He has adequate arm strength. He's extremely accurate. He's super mobile. He is much more mobile than Jaden Davis. He can make a lot of plays happen with his legs. He uh, extends plays. He's great throwing on the run. He has a beautiful deep ball. Um, again, the arm strength isn't... Um, there like like it is with davis i think uh davis has a stronger arm but i think davis is, I, I think van buren is more accurate more precise um and has a little more juice when it comes to just being an athlete and using his legs so um yeah i definitely wouldn't mind michael van buren i got to see him live when i went out to see the uh number of saint francis kids that have michigan offers and he was very impressive and uh, just a really impressive kid as well. So I, I would definitely pivot to Van Buren. Wilson makes sense. Um, they've offered Michael Hawkins, who's a four-star down in Allen, Texas, and actually just included Michigan in his top eight. So he could be another one as well. Let's go ahead and go down to... Um, JS and he says, does the recent offer to Dylan Jones mean that they don't feel optimistic about the Ohio running back offer? I forget his name. Are they looking to take two running backs in 2024? Um, I think they need to take two running backs in 2024. I mean, I am scared to death of Benjamin Hall and I don't see Cole Cabana as an every down back and you see what's on the roster right now and it's not super impressive. Um, I think CJ Stokes can be good. I don't think CJ Stokes can be amazing. Um, after CJ Stokes, you have Tavier Dunlap, who I hated as a recruit, um, not personally, but just wasn't a huge fan of his game. Um, and then after that, you have some walk-ons. So I think it's imperative to take two backs in 2024. Dylan Jones is a great offer. This is an offer that should have happened months and months ago like literally last spring that offer should have happened man and this is what i mean with mike hart this is my my issue with mike hart is getting on underclassmen early getting on top level underclassmen early uh dylan jones was fantastic when i saw him in game in the fall good council which plays some of the top teams uh, nationally and throughout the dmv he had a fantastic junior season uh, again, he's a guy that Michigan should have been on considering the ties to good counsel, having landed Chris Jenkins from there a couple of cycles ago. And you see here uh, on the rankings, he's a four-star everywhere, a top 150 prospect on three of the four sites. I think Rivals is probably just catching up or he didn't attend one of their stupid camps. But Dylan Jones is great, man. I think he's right up there with Jordan Marshall, who is the Ohio running back you are referring to. Um, Marshall, I believe is a top 100 prospect on, on three and a four star across the board as well. I think that would be the dream. If you can land Dylan Jones and Jordan Marshall, man, that's amazing. But I think if you can land one and get another somewhat high cal caliber back, uh, that would be realistically possible as well. Marshall is, um, you know, I think the top overall guy right now, just because he's visited twice, there's more familiarity with him. You see his profile here, top 100 on on three and looks like top 200 across the board on the other three sites. Uh, some sites a little higher on Dylan Jones, actually. So like I said, they're 
pretty equal. I think they're they're both top level backs. Uh, Jordan Marshall has been the must land, or I've referred to him as the must land next cycle because of the need for running backs, because he's been the most highly touted of the backs that Hart is recruiting. But I think Dylan Jones is in the same conversation, and I would really love to see things progress with Dylan Jones as well. I don't think the offer to Dylan to Dylan Jones means Michigan's feeling less optimistic about Jordan Marshall. I think they just see the need for adding another top level running back and you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. I mean, outside of Marshall, Dylan Jones, I think the only other on 300 prospect that they would really be in contention with right now. And I know there's been some that have thrown in Michigan as a top school that aren't, that aren't too realistic, but I think the only other on 300 running back that they're truly a contender with would be Dewan Williams out of Baltimore, St. Francis, who's I, I think is uh, probably a step um, beneath Jordan Marshall and Dylan Jones. So I think Dylan Jones was just a, a great offer um, in his own right. Let's go ahead and go down to Shadyville 03. And he says, are there any current or potential 2024 commits who can be class leaders? I remember you once said Davis doesn't have much of an outgoing personality. Yeah, Jaden's not a super social media guy. You don't see him post a ton on social media. He's also not super vocal. I think Davis would be more of a leader by example. I definitely think it helps to have an elite quarterback on board in general. I think just his stature would help attract other um, top recruits. But I think if you want a vocal vocal guy um in 2024 actually his teammate jordan ship i think jordan ship would be the guy that would kind of help Jaden rally the troops um ship is a super outgoing kid great personality everybody loves jordan ship man anytime i'm out at providence day he's always you know, smiling teammates, giving them high fives and hugs. He's a team captain as a junior. Um, and, you know, when you look at, at Providence Day, they they have Channing Goodwin, they have Jaden Davis, but it's actually Ship that's the team captain. So I think Ship just embodies what you want from a Michigan kid. I think he fits that profile exactly. Um, and you see his rankings, ESPN, come on, get out of here. No ranking. What the hell? Um, three star on 24, seven, three star and on three, uh, top two fifty on rivals. So a little bit of a disagreement between the ranking services. I think that ship is, uh, I, I would probably put him as a low four star right now. So would surprisingly side more with rivals, but, um, yeah, he has that magnetic personality. He's a playmaker on the field. And I think he would just be a tremendous addition as a as leader to the class, both vocally and in the future. Like I said, to be a junior um, captain at a school like Providence Day, I think is an honor that shouldn't go unnoticed. Ship would definitely be my answer. Oh, look, we have a super chat. Our, our producer Hutch still hasn't come out with a siren or something. So uh, our super chat here is 199 from Shane Johnson. Um, surprised with the offensive line portal pickup with as deep as offensive line depth is. I don't know, man. I, I think you need to add as many offensive linemen as possible. Uh, I, I do like some of the guys coming up. Uh, you know, Jeffrey Percy, I think, is a guy that has some potential. I think Tristan Bounds is a guy that really hasn't gotten a ton of time, but man, I love his build and his ability. Um, you know, Andrew Gentry, a guy that hasn't gotten a lot of run yet that I had graded as a top 100 recruit. Remember, he's still kind of uh, getting back into the swing of things after spending two years away from the game on his uh, Mormon mission. So yeah, there are definitely some quality pieces that, uh, that I like that are coming back up. Um, but I think Offensive line depth is super important, especially at a school like Michigan, where sometimes they even have like seven offensive linemen out there. So I think adding a guy like Ladarius Henderson is a good addition. And I would rise if Michigan uh, gets another offensive lineman out of the portal. Uh, Miles Hinton is out there. It seems like he is very interested in Michigan. Some rumors floating out that he may be on campus really soon. Uh, I actually spoke to a source yesterday that said that there have been 
uh, five offensive linemen that have contacted Michigan uh, over the last 48 hours. So that's definitely something to monitor. I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan takes another offensive lineman out of the portal. And you look at the uh, classes that Michigan's had along the offensive line. Um, last cycle, they only took two high school offensive linemen with one being a big project in Alessandro Lorenzetti. And uh, this cycle, they uh, have two great interior offensive line takes or, you know, you look at Amir Herring, he has a super high floor. You look at Nathan Afobi, he has a super high ceiling. And then you have a more of a true tackle in uh, you had Michigan miss out on Spencer Fano yesterday. There aren't a lot of tackles left out there. So why not hit the portal for a younger guy? You know, Henderson, I believe only has one year of eligibility. You guys might correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but it, I think if you can find another portal guy that has three years left of eligibility or two years left of eligibility. That's just as good as getting out of high school. I think the portal's just changing the game. And, you know, instead of taking a fourth high school offensive lineman, like, uh, you know, Taliafi Ta'ala is a guy that we've talked about. That's a three-star tackle that may end up going into guard, you know, that, that is okay. Doesn't really have a lot of other P5 suitors. You know, why could you, why would you take, Taala, no offense to Taala, but why would you take Taala if I'm Michigan? Why would I take him over a portal offensive lineman that was high, highly touted that might not have gotten developed right away or might just be transferring for different reasons that has more potential than just taking a high school kid? So I, I do think you're going to see uh, at least another portal offensive lineman added. So appreciate you, Shane Johnson, for jumping in with your 199 super chat. Looks like we got another one. Uh, Greg Pinta. I thought that said Pinata. I was going to get excited. Um, what's the word on Malachi Coleman? So, yeah, Malachi Coleman looking to come in for a visit next weekend, I believe, weekend of the 17th. Michigan was still sorting out its December official visit schedule. So I wouldn't be surprised if that. He's scheduled. Remember, Malachi Coleman is fighting during the late period, so it would actually be beneficial for Michigan to maybe get him in for an OV in January as opposed to right before the early signing period. He's not doing it during the early signing period, so you know it's not super imperative to get him in the 17th. So we'll see if that official visit date changes. But either way, super positive news that he's coming to Michigan. A top 100 prospect. Uh, ranked as the number two athlete in the country behind the great Nicholas Harbor. Um, rankings vary a little bit. Top 100 on 7 and Rivals, uh, 200 on ESPN and on 300. And the thing with Malachi Quinn is he's just really intriguing, a guy without a position. Six foot five, 190 pounds with a 10 4, 100 meter. So I've seen the comparisons to, to Harbor, and I think Malachi better football player right now than Nicholas Harbor, but Harbor is more of a freak. Uh, 10 2 compared to 10 4 4. A little bit of a difference, but keep in mind that Harbor outweighs Malachi Coleman by like 35 pounds. So, yes, Malachi Coleman, I think, has the more impressive football tape right now, but I think Harbor is uh, even more of a freak athlete, but not to get into the Coleman Harbor comparison. You know, as far as just recruiting overall, Nebraska is still a team to watch. He decommitted, but uh, the staff there is pushing hard to keep him close to home. And I think initially he committed to Nebraska because he did want to be closer to home. He's a Lincoln kid. I know there's a lot of pressure for him to play for the Huskers. So I still think Nebraska might have an inside track uh, just because he is a Lincoln kid. So we'll see how things kind of develop. And with him taking it all the way into the late period, there's still time for Nebraska to make him the face of the new staff. Um, but I think you'll see a lot of other schools jump in the mix as well. But Michigan has been on him for a while. They didn't press super, super hard in the offseason, but they did go out and see him uh, run track. Actually, I believe Mike Elston and Jesse Minter were the two that went out to one of his track meets to watch him. They never really lost contact. So I do think Michigan is going to have a legitimate shot with Malachi Coleman. The next question is, if you land him, where do you put him? I do think he's a guy that can add weight, but I'm not sure how much weight he uh, has kind of a a narrow build. So I'm not sure if he can get up into like the two forties. I think you can get him maybe into the two 
20s, but Ben Herbert uh, works magic. He is a wizard when it comes to strength and conditioning. So I do think his biggest upside is probably as an edge, but he can be a tall wide receiver type as well. Um, let's go ahead and go down to, um, and, and we're going to go about three more minutes here. So I'll try to answer as many questions as possible. Uh, if you guys want your questions answered, make sure to leave a super chat, but I'm going to try to get through all of these that we have left. Um, God, we have a ton left. Uh, sorry guys, we're running out of time, but, um, I'll try to answer these as, uh, as quickly as possible, uh, as many details. Um, Jim Schreiber says, is NIL and academics at Michigan the real issue why Michigan doesn't sign top talent? Um, I think NIL is definitely an issue. I wouldn't say academics as much. I think admissions has been a little bit of an issue with the transfer portal. Like Santa Ono is clearing that up. I mean, Michigan's still going to uh, recruit guys that do really well in the classroom as well. Um, but I wouldn't say academics is necessarily hindering Michigan on the recruit trail. I would say NIL is the biggest factor holding Michigan back right now, especially as we have entered uncharted waters and then just the chaotic offseason with Jim Harbaugh and his flirtation with the Vikings and the assistants moving around and staff changes and all of that stuff. I think the recruiting department um, leaves a lot to be desired right now. I think that needs to be bulked up as well. But uh, but I would say NIO is definitely the biggest factors. Uh, Jonathan Crutcher says, any commits committed elsewhere outside of the outside of Gates that we are working on? Um, so, yeah, Florida commit Aaron Gates, the top flip candidate. Hayden Moore, uh, three-star linebacker committed to Nebraska, is visiting Michigan this weekend. Keep a close eye on him. I know Michigan recently landed some under-the-radar linebacker types. I guess they were more athlete takes, um, but project best to linebacker in Jason Hewlett and Breon Ishmael Hayden Moore, more of a standard linebacker that I think uh, Michigan is in real contention with. The only other schools involved there are Nebraska, which obviously holds his commitment and um, Texas A&M, which will get his last visit. I think there are some others to keep an eye on. Um, you know, I'll throw out Brennan Parachek. Michigan has two tight ends committed, but I've heard Parachek has some interest in Michigan. He's a four-star committed in state from Dexter, same school as Cole Cabana. So if Michigan pushes there, that could be, you know, something interesting. I, I'm, I'm really uh, intrigued to see if Michigan brings him in for a visit. Uh, Buzz Buzzer says, is it possible Jair Hill holds out past the early signing day? Um no, or I wouldn't completely rule it out. I guess anything's possible, but as of right now, no. Jair told me that he plans on having a decision made actually before early signing day. So early signing day being the 21st, he's in the process of trying to rent out a venue for uh, his family and friends to support him for a commitment ceremony. And um, also he has the credits to be an early enrollee. He hasn't decided if he is going to be an early enrollee because he's a track star, like I said earlier in the show, he runs a 10, 7, 8, 100 meter and helped Kankakee advance to the state track meet last year. He loves running track, so um, he could hang around Kankakee, but he does have the credits and, and is a good academic student uh, to be an early enrollee. Right now, I would say that he does make his decision during the early period. Um Noah Helderman says with Michigan chasing other Providence day recruits, is that more helpful? I'm assuming, is that more helpful with Jaden Davis? Yeah. I think if you can get Channing Goodwin on board, that would be helpful. Uh, Channing obviously being a legacy recruit, the son of former Michigan offensive lineman, Jonathan Goodwin. I think that domino would definitely help with Jaden Davis. And I think he's more likely to commit than Jordan ship right now. Um, Justin Courtney says, any news on NIL? I heard Santa Ono is having a meeting about it. That's the plan. Um, I, I think Santa Ono does mean business. Uh, there's even been, you know, uh, some baby steps put forward. You look at the uh, transfer portal offers and you might have noticed that not all of them are grad transfers. I think that means Santa Ono is working towards helping Michigan get in transfers that aren't grad transfers and uh, lessen the rigorous 
transfer standards, admissions has always been an issue. So I think it's positive that you're seeing those offers go out. And I think it's going to be positive news on the NIL front. But like I said, I'm tired of hearing soon. I just want to see it get done now. Um, let's go ahead and see uh, top tier podcast sports says is the transfer portal, the place where we'll likely land more blue chip guys than in the 2023 class. That's a good question. Yeah. I think they'll land more guys out of the transfer portal. I think some of them will be highly touted, but the transfer portal, especially with, like I said, Santa Ono looking like he's going to put a stop to admissions being so harsh with transfers. I think you could see Michigan land some higher profile, um, some higher profile recruits out of the portal. Uh, let's go ahead and go down to Mike Gee. He says, uh, sorry, I'm late, but did you cover UM transfer portal? Obviously, we just talked about that. Was wondering if we landed Josiah Stewart, the edge rusher out of Coastal Carolina. Michigan just offered him um, last night. They have not landed him yet. He's actually been getting offers uh, from a lot of different schools heading into today as well. I think USC just offered him right before I started the show. So they haven't landed him yet. He is a former uh, teammate of Mike Sainer still. So that connection could help. I do think Michigan will be a factor. Um, we got two minutes left, so we're speeding through here. Matthew Kistler says, who's the next Courtney Morgan-like recruiting staffer on Michigan staff currently? Nobody. Michigan needs to adequately replace Courtney Morgan this offseason. Albert Karshnia does a lot of uh, good, you know, grunt, clerical type of work. He, he is also involved with um, building connections with some really early recruits in the 25 and even 2026 classes. So I don't, I don't think Albert Karshnia's role is exactly what Courtney Morgan's role was. I think Michigan needs to find that type of person. Um, I think they not only need to find a, an adequate replacement for Courtney Morgan. I think the recruiting department needs to expand overall. Christina DeRuiter does a fantastic job as the director of on-campus recruiting. They've gotten her uh, some help as well. Uh, they actually made a hire this offseason with Paige Shivers, who's been serving as her assistant. I think that section of the recruiting department is expanding well. I think it's positive to see uh, Denard being more involved in the recruiting process as well. If anybody's taking the Courtney Morgan, you know, big personality role. It's Denard, uh, but he has kind of a lot going on on his plate, having some team responsibilities as well. I think Michigan needs guys that are very personable, that can act as extra recruiters in the recruiting department. You know, I covered Texas for as long as I covered Michigan and even longer, and their recruiting department was always huge. Michigan should have the resources to have that type of recruiting department. Um Adir Yisrael says, do you think there's still a trust issue recruits are having with Harbaugh? Maybe a little bit this cycle, um, but those guys I feel like have already committed elsewhere. The guys that Michigan was really on early in the cycle. I don't think there's one with 24, which again, if Harbaugh can avoid the NFL drama, then I think the 24 class has a chance to be truly special. All right, guys, we've hit the 45 minute mark. So I'm going to answer one more question. Let's see who has the, um, best question uh pop, pop, pop. let's go down to shadyville 03 uh, sorry all the other questions were kind of nil related uh shadyville 03 asked does ryan montgomery have legitimate interest so yeah we've talked a lot about Jaden davis in the 2024 class but michigan is in the mix for some elite level signal callers in 2025 ryan montgomery being one of them yes his brother luke is set to sign with ohio state but ryan wants to make his own decision and it's not a guarantee that Ohio State makes Ryan the, the priority. Michigan loves Ryan Montgomery. He has a great relationship with Matt Weiss, similar personalities. Ryan Montgomery's a football head all the way, loves X's and O's more than just, you know, personal talk. So I think Ryan has uh, bonded well with Michigan. Uh, I think you'll see him back here soon in the offseason. He made several visits during the fall for games. And obviously Michigan in the mix with Bryce Underwood, who's the number one quarterback in 2025, also made multiple visits in the fall. Uh, Cutter Boley, another top 100 prospect in 2025, made multiple visits to Michigan this year. So 2025 quarterback recruiting looking good for sure. Uh, Michigan just needs to get guys to commit. So, uh, but it's so early with those guys. I think Michigan's off to a great start with them. All right, guys, that is my time. I appreciate everybody for joining. 
A reminder, like this video, subscribe to the Wolverine for just $10 until next year. Subscribe to this YouTube channel. It is completely free. And also join us every Tuesday. So every Wednesday, we'll continue to do the uh, Q&A uh, chats, which you guys have been great. Appreciate you all for getting your questions in and showing love. Um, but Tuesdays, we'll have our recruiting podcast. It'll be super chat questions only, but we do have structured topics that me and my co-host Zach Libby, who's our new recruiting reporter at the Wolverine, will cover. Uh, next week's episode should be pretty loaded as we get uh, closer to National Signing Day, which is exactly two weeks away from today, December 21st. So now is a perfect time to subscribe to the Wolverine for 10 bucks. Until next year, thanks guys for joining me. Have a great rest of the night. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.